We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Light years. Andy Lou, how frustrated are you still after last night? I I actually blocked it out of my memory. Um, you know, one of the good things about uh, being a Warriors fan is you can only you could I only think about the good things. So I'm living in the past right now. Uh, overall, last ten years, uh, the good has outweighed the bad. But yeah, um, we have a special guest today, uh, Mark Schindler. You you may have heard him on the Daily Ding. You may have read his draft scouting stuff over the years. Mark, how you doing, man? Uh, I'm really good. Appreciate you guys having me on. I'm psyched to be here. Awesome. Um, so I wanted to invite you on because I want to say a week ago or so ago, may have been 10 days, you and uh, Sam Bassini, who we've had on the show many times, kind of had a, a really good conversation about James Wiseman and kind of how it's just not working with the Warriors. Mm-hmm. Um, fit, you know, he needs minutes and it's kind of juxtaposes – the goals of the team, and then, you know, what happens a few days later? Well, they decide to send him to Santa Cruz. So I kind of want to start there. Um, do you do you think there's even any benefit for him going to Santa Cruz at this point, or is this just kind of one of those situations? Well, we all know they're going to split up at some point. It's a question of if it's going to be this season or we're going to let this dance go on for longer. Yeah, I mean, I think on, on the one hand, you kind of have to send him to Santa Cruz, just regardless of even if if he's going to be with you long term. Like, it, I mean, that's a great way to piss off agents if you're not sending a guy somewhere to actually get playing time. Um, so I, on that hand, I, I think he needs to just because any reps are good reps as far as I'm concerned for him right now. Um, and then, as you know, speaking on the later part, if they wait until next year to make a move, I think that's ridiculous. Um, I mean, I think I I would have even with them winning the title last year, I still wish that they had like potentially made a move that would have secured them better for this year as well. Um, which not to like we don't need to relitigate or rehash that, but like I do think like looking at where they're at right now is kind of a byproduct of that. Um, so I think pushing that on another year would be a massive mistake. Yeah, I feel like you know winning the title last year and you know just Steph specifically was just like brilliant against Boston, really mm-hmm. kind of like the signature performance of his career. Um, very easy to like bask in the post title glow and somewhat ignore the fact that the roster is a bunch of guys under 21 who 
need development minutes and a bunch of guys 30 or over who are kind of like, you know, this is our time. We have one year, two year, three years left. We're going for it. And kind of, um, I, I feel like that's the story of the first 15 games here, just how they're not aligned. Like they're not yeah. aligned as a team and what they want to do. Is that what you're, is that what you're seeing? Or like, it, cause it seems to me like, let, let me put it this way. It seems to me they thought Kuminga, for example, could replace GP two. He has the physical tools to be kind of that point of attack defender and then offensively just, you know, cut and kind of crash the glass and, you know, just kind of use his athleticism energy to affect the game. Uh, it makes sense on paper, but it ignores the fact that he's a human who has probably been the best player on every team he's been on his entire mm-hmm. life up to this point. And you're asking him kind of, you know, to be a role player instead of be the man. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I mean, part of my struggles this year with Kaminga, because I don't I don't want to like he hasn't played awesome this year. I think there's no. still been flashes of really good stuff. Um, but it's just been harder. And this is not like meant directly as like a dig at Wiseman, but like by virtue of trying to work in both of them at the same time, whilst they're well, they still have kind of the same problems, both of them really needing to improve their feel for the game. I mean, that's been disastrous for the bench minutes. Um, Kaminga went from mainly playing as like a four or five uh last year and i think that's where he thrived most um mm-hmm. to having to play a little bit more of the three this year which i think i mean i was very much in the train of thinking he needed to be a four or five long term unless some things really happened with his his offensive development um and again it's like it's less about positionality and more just um where his skill set is at right now like when you take um to me like the, i mean removing gp2 and um i'm blanking on everyone else from last year like all like all of the players who just from six through 10 who made really good decisions. Like, I think it's the kind of thing where, because they weren't always scoring or, um, you know, the, it wasn't always highlight plays. Like I think Gary obviously made a lot of those, but yeah. like, even like when like belly could play like eight minutes and it's like, okay, this is fine. Like granted, you don't want him to have a massive role, but it's more like, okay, he's so good at putting everyone else in, in the right spots and just being part of the scheme without being damaging. And just, I think when you have, you can mask one or two guys who are trying to to work into the rotation and figure that stuff out. But when you're trying to, you know, build an entire bench unit around it to start the year, I think, I mean, yeah, that's, it's been awful. Bialica would be their best bench player uh, right now. And he was probably on the fringes of the rotation last yeah. season. Um, I, I want to talk about Jonathan Kaminga. I mean, Wiseman, we know at nauseum um, and he's, he's chilling in Santa Cruz right now, but Kaminga, is to me almost ready to play himself in the rotation. What, what I guess, what are your thoughts on him? I, I know you just talked about him kind of being promising. So I guess, what are your thoughts on him as a prospect? Yeah, honestly, like I loved what they did with him last year because my biggest, saying fear is wrong way to put it, but like my biggest thing coming out of the draft was I really just don't want somebody to try and be like, this is a big wing. He's going to take a bunch of shots and carry usage for us because he's not ready for that right now. Like those were things that he struggled with in the G league um, when he played his year there. Um, And I think like, again, like if things really work out, maybe he becomes somebody who can do more of that. But to me, it's more how they used him last year. Like, okay, we're going to use you as a hyper athletic roller and um, you know, just trying to work in the offense as a cutter. Well, you know, obviously the the goal is working on a shot and being able to attack closeouts and, and figure stuff out from there like finding like little ways to improve his decision-making and just how he sees the game. Um, and then using him defensively like they did. Like I thought part of what made him fascinating defensively playing alongside Draymond, like, Hey, I thought he was just way more engaged and active defensively than we saw a lot of times from him in high school or, or playing with ignite. 
Um, and I think that's a, a massive sorry, my dog loves Jonathan Kamiya too, but I think part of that is like a byproduct of sorry, one sec. I think part of that is like a byproduct of just being able to play with good vets who know how to play defense. And that kind of gets to our uh, you know, kind of the point you were making off the top, which is like it's not about any one specific young player. Like I, I tend to side with both of you on this one where like if I was if I had to prioritize one, I think Kuminga's probably got the the high ceiling of the bunch in terms of fitting into what the Warriors want to do, particularly defensively. Like he he he's not that far away from at least being able to play a role uh defensively for the Warriors the way they like to play, um, as a big wing who's versatile enough to guard multiple positions, in theory anyway. Um, but um it's the fact that they try to insert all of them at the same time. That's the problem. Like last year, the fan base would often like groan when Damian Lee would get minutes over a Moses Moody or a Jonathan Kuminga, you know, Damian Lee, journeyman, that not exciting, like, you know, whereas the young player, oh, he could be a superstar. You know, it's, it's obvious why fans would want to see that player. But when you, when you watch the bench play without any guys like that, just guys who know their role, play smart off of each other, this is in some ways what it looks like. And that was a player that, they just let walk last year that like could probably help them out in some capacity this year. Um, I mean, I think even for like for Phoenix, you're seeing how how good Damien's been for them. Like grant again, like he can he can spot start like we saw at times last year. And it's it's not sexy, but it's just he makes really good plays. He's like randomly very good at attacking the offensive glass and just sneaking in for for garbage baskets. And I think those are the kind of things that the team misses, especially on the bench right now. Um, yeah, Steve Kerr let everyone know yesterday they played with no grit, no, you know, he used basically every cliche, so it's just open yeah. run out there. But you know he was looking at that, and he saw Damian Lee get eight rebounds, and outside of Steph Curry, uh, none of his perimeter players hit the glass in any any capacity last night. And that's that's just kind of an effort thing in some ways. Yeah, yeah, I think it's tough too because, like, it's effort, but it's also, like, assertiveness and, like, knowing how to – put yourself out there and i think like that's part of the stuff that i think again like we saw flashes of Kaminga really do that last year but he does have kind of a tendency to float especially when um you know when he's not optimized in certain situations and like again like that's stuff that needs to come along but yeah exactly like those are those are the things that to me like whenever i watch the warriors like they just look slower this year because of like they're not like their pace of play has gone down or anything but it's just the like I, I pointed this out last year when they played the Nuggets. Like everyone roasted the Nuggets defense, and I think fairly because their their defense was terrible in that series. But to me, it was so much more of uh, the Warriors just move the ball so fast, and more because they know where to be. Like they're, it's like a well-oiled machine. Which again, coaching cliche, but like it's just not the same this year because you don't have all the pieces and parts in that that make it run like that. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. I, it's it's crazy that it's shocking the amount of IQ that you lose simply just by not having guys that have played basketball for 10 years. Like, I wouldn't even argue that Damian Lee's the smartest basketball player. But as compared to Jonathan Kaminga, dude is Albert Einstein on the court. And I think, like, that's just what you run into when you – I mean, you you write a lot of stuff on, on these drafts. Players like how it's not often that players come and just ready to know how to play. It's just not. It's not a th- Anthony Edwards is. I mean, we're talking about the last week. Anthony Edwards is. You know, we think it's going to be a superstar. Talented. Yeah, I, I. You know, I don't. I, I don't think he's taking that big of a leap this season. But you know, he's going to average twenty plus points for the rest of his career, twenty five. But I wouldn't say he's a smart player. Like it's going to take him a couple more years at the very least to figure out how to play winning basketball, right? And uh, to try to give guys ten minutes at a time to figure that out. I mean, that's why Wiseman is in the G League. Yeah, it's, and, and and you add you, know, a, you add an unlucky injury on top of it, and sure. all of a sudden you're you're kind of in this situation where it's like, I mean, he really does just need like six months of like twenty five minutes a game just to figure something out at some level. Yeah, exactly. Like, I th- it's almost I think of it like with Jordan too. Like Jordan mm-hmm. came in like he had a lot of skill set, like a lot of skills that I think were you could see translating right away, and he has a good feel for the game and knows how to assert himself. But like, I mean, just figuring out his shot and and how to operate within the entire warrior system while having some of those really good skills already took him, you know, he needed the massive G league time before he got in and really figured things out at the end of that year before he really popped the next year too. And um, I mean, it's also extrapolated. Like it, it has been lost to me, like not having Dante for a lot of the beginning of the season. Yeah, really sure, hurt. Yeah. Cause I think he is like, again, still right. kind of finding his way offensively, but I think he does things that are going to matter and be important, but still like, like you mentioned, I think it's just really hard to um, – I think it's one thing to to bring somebody along with smaller minutes lows because, um, like, I, I don't think that you just need to, like, force – not that you're saying this, but I think there's, like, this tendency to be like, oh, well, this guy needs to be force-fed pick and rolls and he'll figure things out. Like, sure. rarely does it work that way. Like, I think you really need, for the most part, start off in a smaller role and then just build out from there as you start to collect skills. Like, any, any coach or player development person I've talked to, is, it's always about, like, yeah – you know, you have to do one thing at a time before you can really expand out to everything else. 
Um, but again, it just comes down to, all right, well, when you have four guys who all need to, to be coming along at the same time and need to work on a lot of the same things, it makes it that much harder to actually do. And I think we just, I mean, again, we just continue to see that kind of compound as, a, as an issue this year. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like this tees up the, the obvious thing, which is like this Warriors roster is unbalanced if the goal is to de- defend their title, right? So they need to, they're going to need to make some sort of move. And I feel like that's the decision they're going to have to come across. Like, are they ready to trade one of their lottery picks for a veteran? And, you know, they run the risk that in a couple of years that may not look, you know, that guy could pop for another team. They're all talented. It's not like a talent issue. It's like, but do they want to trade one of them for a veteran who can stabilize the bench and in process actually help make the other young players a little easier because if you're putting more veteran players around a Jonathan Kuminga you can get something maybe that's more resembling of what we saw last year like you said where you know they put him out there with three four veterans at a time let him play kind of a very contained role and he 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 thrived in it for the most part I thought he was better as a rookie than I expected him to be based upon what I saw in the G League Ignite what I saw in the G League Ignite I thought like oh man this could be a multi-year project and you know he he still is but he did have a positive impact yeah no definitely and i like i i'm right in the same vein like i think that um like it's not even just one play like i think they need probably two more guys to really fill out the bench and it's not even just the bench like i would for me like i don't know if san antonio goes for it i would love to see like i think zach will mentioned it today but like a wiseman and stuff for Jakob purtle um i don't think personally i don't think san antonio should do it but if that happened for the Warriors, I would be very. Unhappy. I think they should. Yeah. If I were them, I would take a shot. I mean, a rebuilding team. I mean, look, I'm, I'm increase worried. your odds. Uh, increase your odds. Yeah. Of hey, Yama, you know, well, is, yeah. What makes it tough is like Pertle is, and a friend of mine just wrote about this. Um, but like, he's so good at doing the things that that make it easier for role players to develop or just players to develop and like that's part of why we're seeing Devin Vassell really pop that's part of why we're seeing so Kelvin Johnson really grow it's because Jakob does all the things that you really need to to amplify players who handle the ball which is why he would be perfect for Golden State I I could just see Steve Kerr if he had a Pirtle Ludi two-band tandem being the happiest man on earth you know what i'm saying just like every press conference like i know steph scored 50 but let me tell you about the screens that were set just every time the (laughs) the problem i think there for the warriors is it's almost a salary dump because pertle's a free agent after and and so you're almost i mean unless you're re-signing him i guess right but there'll be teams who want him though and the warriors like yeah with their cap situation so yeah it's like you're you're kind of giving up on wiseman you're right for uh for a rental in some ways, right? Yeah. Another one I'd look at too. I think like uh, it makes it harder just because I don't know what Utah's interest in, in Wiseman would be because they just drafted Walker Kessler. Um, so good, Kelly, by the way. So good. What? Yeah, he's so he's good. Been, he's, he's impressed me too. Like <laughs> I wasn't super guy. high on him in the draft, but he's yeah. he's done some good things. But um, I think Kelly Olynyk would really help the Warriors too. Oh, well, God. I know like that's it's part of like I mean Kelly Olynyk is really good, but also like. It does pain me to say nice things about that man sometimes. After he, is, he, is good. he is objectively good. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, especially adding a stretch element too in the way that he would bring with with his playmaking as well. And he's a fine defender. Like, I think you'd fit in the scheme. But again, it's like, it does feel like shooting yourself in the foot. Like, damn, we really got to this point of having to do this. Yeah. yeah. Do you, um, you mentioned both the players you mentioned, by the way, are 
like very obvious fits for the way that the Warriors want to play. Like I could see it um, just from a basketball disregard, like value contract, all that stuff makes sense. Yeah. Do you think center though, is there the biggest need or is this more of just like, those are players that we keep hearing about our trade available. And that's kind of where you're going with it. Cause I can make a case that they need a wing off the bench a yeah. little more, you know, they lost Otto Porter and GP two granted Otto, you know, was a four or five for them. He's still kind of a wing by trade. Um, and, uh, you know, clay, he's, he's going through it. And if his defense isn't forget the jump shot, cause at some point it's going to come around. If his defense isn't coming defense around really bad. Yeah, it, it has been, it's, it's, I mean, he got he got better defensively in the playoffs last year than I expected at times, but but he still had his his issues with quicker guys, as you would mm-hmm. expect. Uh, but anyway, what I'm getting at is I, I feel like outside of Wiggins, Steph's probably their second best defender um, yeah. on the perimeter. Anyway, um, in theory, you would like to add another wing more more than anything. Yeah, no, I think I, I normally like to like like you're mentioning, I think it's more just like almost a saying convenience is the wrong way to put it. Cause I do think Jakob and, and Kelly would actually really help, but it's more like sure. when you have to move off of the center, I feel like most most teams are just gonna be reluctant to to be like, all right, well, here's this here's this wing who's really helpful for a center that we have to, you know, figure out how we're gonna make this work. Um, I think just by nature of how Trace tend to work, I think that would be pretty difficult. Um, but I agree too. Like I I know it. Like the numbers look really rough. I think Jamichael Green has been fine this year and would look a lot better if he had better players on the bench with him. Um, so I think like in terms of actual wings, like I'd have to think more about who's actually available. Like if they could do something to get Kenrich Williams from OKC, I think that would actually help a lot. He's a good defender. The shot is like sometimes iffy, but I mean again, it's the same, same as what we thought of coming with with GP2 last year. Obviously, different player, but same, same mindset. Um I just don't know who else is taking Wiseman, which that I mean, like again, Detroit, I still think maybe Detroit, yeah. Indiana. Indiana looks definitely. like you're an Indiana guy, right? So maybe you yeah. want to send Halliburton back here. He's, oh yeah, yeah, he's the only guy. Yeah, Miles Turner obviously is the target there, right? So everybody wants Miles Turner. I don't know if Indiana wants to trade him. He's always on the trade block. So I don't, I don't know. Eight, eight to nine million think pieces on Miles Turner trades have happened over the last five years. Some written we, by himself. Yeah. <laughs> we talked about Miles Turner ourselves two years ago when the Warriors were going through the exact same situation, uh, just with other names like Andrew Wiggins. Now Andrew Wiggins is untouchable. Um, but I, the Warriors are in a tough spot to where I think your point is your point is right. I mean, you he, they've got to make a move. Uh, his value is not high enough to where you're going to get a really good young player. Like, yeah. like Lowry Markkinen is one guy that's like on Utah that looks like he's going to be a star. So now mm-hmm. you're stuck with a Kelly Olenek who's just a solid vet and or or Jakob Pertl who is, it feels like almost a dump, right? Where it's just like, well, okay, we're just going to give up on the kid for a guy that, you know, Pertl's not going to close playoff games. So uh, it's... It's going to help you for 40, reg- for 40 games and then he, probably someone else is going to sign him in the offseason. Yeah. I just, it's just, is that worth it? I would say you can make an argument. Yes. Honestly, you can make an argument. Yes. Pretty easily. Uh, Cause of Steph Curry. But I don't know if you can make that argument to Joe Lacob and get it. Approved. <laughs> That's the question that I think the yeah. Warriors that Bob Myers won't, won't be able to. Anyway, we appreciate your sir for coming on with us. Of course. For a few. Yeah. Thanks yeah. For any, me, guys. Anything you want to plug before we get out of here? No, man, I'm good. I, I appreciate you having me on. I do have a have a weekly column that comes out on Fridays that will be out up at Dime Up Rocks next week. Not next week, tomorrow. Jeez, uh, been all over the place this week. But yeah, um, you can find me on Twitter at, uh, at MG underscore Schilling. That's where it will be.
Appreciate it, man. Thank you.